Hello and uh, welcome to the next uh, part of my Extreme Rules review series and we're going forward all the way to Extreme Rules 2017. This was uh, three years ago so let's let's kick off. This show has some strange stipulations in it. I'll be honest for an Extreme Rules it really does but anyway let's be kicking off with uh, Dean Ambrose against The Miz. Right. The stipulation here is Dean Ambrose is defending the Intercontinental title, right? And the stipulation here is, if Ambrose gets disqualified, he loses the title. Wow, that's really extreme, Mike. <laughs> that's, that's, that's hardcore. Wow. Uh, but, <laughs> here you go. Stupid stipulation aside, this is actually a pretty good match. It's, it's an enjoyable match. These two went through a, a period when they were fighting each other constantly throughout the summer of 2017. But they worked well together, and, the, and this match in itself, as a match to watch, is actually fine. A, a bit actually makes sense when the Miz is trying to get Maurice to slap him to get to make sure Dean Ambrose gets disqualified, but the referee sees through it. And uh, but uh, Miz eventually wins by pinfall, anyway. So there you go, Miz, Intercontinental Champion, uh, come well, from comes out of this match with the title, and he was always a really good Intercontinental Champion. He really, anytime he held that title, he always brought the prestige of the belt up. So um Miz to me is one of those guys he's been phenomenal in the mid card. I actually think his WWE title reign was uh, was gradually quite underrated. I think he did a really good job with that. So Miz is one of those guys I think they could have done more with him. I really do. I think he could have been more of a main eventer. He's definitely he's very good in the ring. He's all the charisma in the world, he's fantastic. He represents the company fantastically. He could, I'm not, maybe not a megastar or anything like that, but he's great. And if you, and his new uh, show, game show, actually beat AEW and NXT in the ratings this week. So <laughs> there you go. And he's doing outside projects and has other TV shows. The guy's a star. So definitely big on the Miz. Um, <laughs> not so big on the next one. Next up, there's an interview with Bailey. <laughs> uh, when she comes up and she starts saying, I was so inspired by seeing Wonder Woman over the weekend. It's like, oh, Bailey, come on. Seriously. Oh, God, Bailey's just atrocious on the mic. And her match with Alexa comes up later on. Kendall sticking a pole match. I'll, I'll get to that shortly. Uh, anyway, speaking of atrocious, <laughs> next match. S- uh, Sasha Banks and uh, Rich Swan versus Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. The very definition of piss break. This match is a complete waste of time. You've got the flippity floppy cruiserweights here that no one cares about. Literally, all Rich Swan does is flip and flop about and make stupid faces. Complete garbage. Uh, four people in this match I just can't be doing with. Uh, Noam Dar is an absolute garbage. I don't know if he's still employed, but oh god, he's awful. I'd like to apologise on behalf of Scotland for giving you Gnome Dark, because he just sucks. Uh, and then <laughs> right at the end, you've got Sasha and Rich Swan doing the worst dance routine I think I have ever seen. Just cringe. I have no, I can't remember what was on the pre-show for this show, but <laughs> if it was worse than this, then god help whoever watched that. Uh, I remember as well some smirk on Twitter a, a while back told me to start what you should watch Impact, it's great. And I thought, oh, well, okay, I'll give it a chance. This was about 18 months ago. 
started watching it, the one of the first things I seen, and it was I know it was Rich Wong was holding the title, and he was flipping and flopping about. That <laughs> all that flippity flop stuff just makes wrestling look completely fake. Sorry, it does. Anyway, up next we had a little musical performance from Elias, and this was okay, this was decent. Um, Elias was just hitting his stride at this point, so this is fun, yeah. Gets him on the show, breaks up the monotony of non-stop matches, so yeah, this is fine. And we come next to a match that I absolutely love. Alexa versus Bailey, Kendo stick in a pole match. I remember going into this. This was the week after the This Is Your Life segment, which, by the way, I actually really like, but there you go. And I was, with all the stupid internet smart backlash from this, I honestly thought Alexa might take the heat for it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been surprised if Alexa lost this match. And I was worried this was what was going to happen. But no, the booking of this was just great. This was what exactly what it needed to be. The star goes over strong, the jobber gets buried. That's exactly what this should have been. If you look at this, any casual viewer is going to gravitate towards Alexa over Bailey any day of the week. Alexa has the star who's got that crossover mainstream appeal. And back, back then in 2017, especially when she first went to Raw, I actually thought WWE were definitely shaping up Alexa to be somebody who they were going to push as eventually a female breakout star, I thought maybe they would want that especially they've got their own studio, I thought well, put her in movies and things but <sighs> she's got the podcast coming at least that's one thing So, but if you look at, and I thought eventually when she turned face it would be epic but uh, they've really put the brakes on her at this point in time it was debatable as to who the top female in the company was was it Alexa or Charlotte, you could actually have made you could have made arguments for both here, it wasn't clear-cut, but now, let's be real, Alexa's way behind the four horsewomen as far as WWE pecking order goes. It is what it is, unfortunately. It's their loss, but at least, you know, this match here, she was great. Loved this. And her, her run early when she first went to Raw in 2017 was great. She was getting plenty of promo time. She was just shining absolutely brilliantly. Absolutely brilliantly. Uh, and this was an example of it here. Uh, fast forward to 2020, well now you've got, people said, oh, Bailey didn't get over on the main roster because of bad booking. Well, she's been a champion for over a year, almost constantly, holds two titles now. Guess what? Nobody cares outside the little smart bubble. Being over in NXT in front of 500 neckbeards is one thing, but drawing in a casual audience, quite another. Another record low raw rating with Bailey and Sasha main event, and it's not their fault. And just their fault, it's the company in general, because it's terrible, but you've catered to the smarts. Look what's happened. Enough said. And next up, we've got a steel cage match, Hardys versus The Bar for the tag titles. Again, this is a kind of a strange stipulation in a way, because the way to win it for a tag team is both people have to leave the ring, uh, have to escape the cage. Which is odd for a tag title match because when one guy does it, it then becomes a handicap. Technically, you've half won the match, but then you've basically made it a handicap match. So, and this is what happened. Jeff escaped the cage early, and then it was practically a handicap match, but then he was coming back into it. But eventually, the bar won by escape, both escaping. But uh, 
it's, it's a stupid stipulation. The match itself is actually fine, quite enjoyable, quite entertaining, but the stipulation is kind of nonsensical. It's, it just shows you there's not usually cage match to tag matches, and this is a great example of why. Uh, another strange stipulation that you've got Neville against Austin Aries in a submission match. You've got the cruiserweights are known for their high flying flippity floppity nonsense. Why are they having a submission match exactly? <laughs> Who knows? The match itself is actually quite watchable. It's not bad. I I, I kind of had it on, but in the background, but wasn't really invested because I remember it, it. Nobody cares. Let's be honest. It was the cruiserweights. Let's be honest. But I actually think in this period in twenty seventeen, where Neville doing his I'm the king of the cruiserweights, like, thing, um, he was good at that role. Like, he found his niche and he was good at it. But it's not he ain't going to make money with it. He ain't going to appeal to a mainstream audience. But it was fine. And Austin Aries, uh, he's he's a fucking joke. He's boring as shit on TV and he sounds like a complete knob in real life. So fuck him. He tapped out good. And we come to the main event, which is a fatal five-way with the winner to face... Brock Lesnar, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Fantastic main event. This is a brilliant match. It's the Extreme Rules and fantastic. There's non-stop action. Absolutely love this match. You can still do entertaining stuff in the PG and no holes barred and and get around it. And they did it. They actually did it in this match. And I remember at the time I thought, oh God, they're going to have Finn Balor win. And let's be real, Finn Balor is nothing but an entrance. All these smarts going on about great in-ring work and they love him, but all he does is kick, stomp and dive. Nah, I don't think so. But at least the right guy won and the right guy took the <laughs> took the loss because Samoa Joe chalked out Finn Balor. Samoa Joe winning was definitely the right call here and it went on to basically the best thing he's done in his WWE career, which was his feud with Brock Lesnar in the summer of 2017. The build-up to that match was fantastic. Really did. And some of the... Even though yesterday I did mention that Heyman's been on autopilot for a while, even Heyman was better, was actually upped his game a bit to go against Joe. So, not a huge fan of Samoa Joe. I honestly think his WWE run has, for the most part, been lackluster, to say the least. But he actually was the right guy to win here, and his feud with Brock was good, enjoyable. And like the show, actually, it's actually an enjoyable show. Yeah. Uh, fantastic main event. Absolutely love the candlestick in a pole match. Oh, glorious. You can even tell that was done to piss off the Smarks, and they weren't pandering as much to the Smarks back in 2017, so it's changed days now, but there you go. There you go. So there was some good stuff. There was some weird stipulations, but and an atrocious mixed tag match, but other than that, it's actually a pretty good little show. Actually, I quite enjoyed re-watching it. didn't watch it right the way through again. I watched a little bit uh, yesterday and a little bit this morning, but... There you go. Uh, there you go. So, uh, Extreme Rules 2017 there. Um, coming up next, uh, later in the week, I'll be doing Extreme Rules 2018. We're doing that one. So, thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye.